everybody. Welcome back to another episode of uh, Tim Ryder from Metsmerized. Here with Jacob Resnick from Metsmerized. What's happening, pal? Not much. Good to be back. Uh, it's been it's been a while, um, but you know, like we were saying, holidays. Not much going on in terms of uh, you know concrete concrete news. So um, you know, just uh, happy to be back talking some baseball with you. Um, the the Knicks are uh, providing me with uh, some some uh, up and down uh, emotions over the last few days. So uh, happy to get back to some baseball finally. Yeah, Alfred Payton is the uh, the epitome. If this season's going to be uh, as Alfred Payton goes, so do the so do the Knicks. Um, I think it's going to be quite the roller coaster, but we shall see. Uh, yeah, like, like you were saying, um, everyone's got a kind of uh, on edge waiting for some news to come out of Flushing. Um, we saw some reports from various sources um, over the weekend come out regarding George Springer. Uh, things were close, and it's kind of the same thing we've been hearing for a few weeks now. And then, of course, the source of all sources, uh, the owner that we've been waiting for forever, uh, Steve Cohen, came on Twitter on Sunday, um, you know, gave us a little update. Uh, pretty much just like the show has been. <laughs> uh, the holidays kind of slowed things down. But um, you have to imagine that with everything else going on around the league, things are starting to pick up. The Mets will be uh, kind of moving forward in their uh, their offseason plans, right? Yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're kind of seeing uh, the more realistic – expectation for Steve Cohen as an owner is really playing out now. Um, you know, the second he, uh, was officially, uh, you know, officially handed the, uh, the keys to, to the, uh, the ownership. Um, everyone thought right away, he'd go and, and pick up Trevor Bauer and George Springer and JT Ramuto and trade for Francisco Lindor. And obviously that was never going to happen. Um, I guess still technically possible since all of those guys are either, still free agents or, or haven't been <laughs> traded yet. Um, but, you know, it, it was never going to happen. It was never going to unfold that way. Um, and I think uh, this is kind of what should have been expected. Um, but, you know, I, I, I trust that they're, they're uh, taking their, their time to be methodical and, and play out different scenarios and, and explore every, every avenue for, you know, maybe players that we're not even talking about. Um, I don't think anyone was – talking about Trevor May uh, at the beginning of the offseason, and and they went and targeted him to, to bolster their bullpen. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I'm sure the the gears are, are, are grinding uh, and and everything's flowing, and <laughs> Steve Cohen is going to update us on, on Twitter whenever uh, there's, there's something to be updated. Yeah, that accessibility is something else. <laughs> We've been waiting for this for so long. Um, you know, we, we, you know, it was a, a happening when, when Jeff Wilpon would come out of his cave and it was like Groundhog Day. You'd see a shadow and run back in. But uh, yeah, Steve Cohen's been, been out there. He's, you know, chatting it up with fans on Twitter. He's actually giving us, <laughs> giving us updates. Like this is, uh, yeah, very exciting. But uh, like you were saying, you, you kind of have to expect the, the calculated effort, especially with Sandy involved. Sandy's always been a kind of a meticulous uh, mover. Uh, you know, you get the front office in order. You got Porter. You have um, uh, 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 Zach, uh, <laughs> Zach Scott. Yeah. 
There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm like looking, like looking down at my notes. I'm like, God, I hope I got his name right. But um, yeah, you yeah. have you know you have the front office filling out. Um, you know you have to imagine that Springer is very much on the radar. It just makes too much sense. Um, you know the starting pitching market, uh, the free agent market is still out there and kind of meandering along. And you have some middle rotation guys that are off the board and. Your your order Odorizzi still out there. Your Bauer's still out there. The uh, uh, Sh- Shigano, am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's been a lot of rumblings out there on him, but uh, you know, I guess on Sunday night you have Blake Snell going from the Rays to the Padres, and Padres are you know we're recording this at five thirty ish on Monday afternoon, and uh, pretty much waiting for the other shoe to drop on Darvish to go to San Diego as well, but. Let's touch on Snell for a second. Um, you know, good move for the Padres. Uh, you have to imagine that other teams were inquiring, but the return that San Diego sent back to Tampa Bay, I mean, that's a, um, that's a nice return for a pitcher of, uh, of, of that would like, it's like a real trade. You know, you have a, a high, high quality pitcher going one way and you have some very high quality prospects going the other way. Um, I guess, you know, there's not much to knock on the trade itself. Uh, I did want to kind of talk about the reception that the Rays have been getting um, on social media from from you know national baseball. I mean national down to local baseball writers down to bloggers. Everyone kind of has an opinion on what's happening um, in Tampa Bay, and it's it's really nothing new. But um, Jacob, what's your take? Is is what Tampa Bay is doing? Is it quote unquote bad for baseball? You know, I, I don't, I don't think I'm the I'm the one who's uh, gonna speak for everyone because uh, there are certainly plenty of uh, plenty of people who feel strongly, uh, <laughs> especially about uh, you know the negatives of of what the Rays have, have been doing. Um, but listen, you know they're they're coming off a season where they were uh, a couple couple breaks away from from having it all. Uh, culminate in a World Series championship, and and that's why you play the game. Um, they have constraints. There, there's an absolutely no question about it. They have a uh, very uh, poor fan base. Uh, not that their fans are bad. There just aren't many of them because uh, baseball and and Central Florida just aren't uh, aren't you know two peas in a pod. So um, they they know that that. They have to do things like this to remain, uh, you know, respectable, you know, not, not even competitive. If they're going to remain, you know, uh, a, a viable major league team, they're going to have to trade for guys who are going to be cheap for, for two, three, four, five, six years down the line. And that's uh, really what they've been doing. Uh, this is not the, the first one that we've seen, but um you know, probably not the last if Kevin Kiermaier is, is on the market as well. So, um, you know, it, it's just kind of a, a product of, of the system that has been created in baseball where um, teams that are taking in uh, very little money in, in terms of uh, revenue are, are going to have to, to do things that, that look a uh, little sketchy under the hood to, uh, to remain to, you know, to remain a, a member of, of Major League Baseball for 
for years down the line because you know we we've it, it just seems backwards that a team that's had success like the Rays you know over the last ten years they've been one of the most successful uh, in terms of just raw win totals. Um, yet they've been you know rumored that they're gonna have to move to to Montreal or or, or whatever. Um, so it's uh, it's tough, and I think uh, you know, the the Rays are in a unique position where they're run by. Uh, very smart baseball people, um, but have uh, clearly many, many constraints that they have to work with. Oh, absolutely. And I think that it's a, it's certainly not a black and white situation. It's certainly a very, very unique situation. I mean, we've seen this many times for many organizations um, living the, the, the small market life, um, you know, kind of meandering along and you, you know you move a as a guy gets closer to free agency or as his value is the highest you go ahead and make a move but tampa bay i mean and I, i'm just i'm not going to go back historically i'm going to look just just look back on the past three years this is an organization that clearly is under financial um constraints i think that's the best way to put it um you know you have to look at their specific formula at least in my opinion um they know that they can't afford to re-sign players and you know i guess that we, we've seen them you know they tried to keep longoria in tampa bay forever and they couldn't even do that and they were they were you know they had some good seasons in there and you know you have to look back at the marlins in the 90s you know building up a winner selling off everybody you know sitting in the basement for four years and then boom, they're back on top and they do it all over again. Tampa Bay has been able to kind of keep the, keep the motor running um, while kind of flipping out their higher value players. And they, they, like you said, their, their baseball operations and their front offices and their scouting and their, their player development. I mean, right down the line is just so elite that, you know, now that they've gotten to the point where they're not really missing a beat. And yes, on on the surface, sure, this is not a good sign for baseball. I, I'm willing to concede that. But I think in Tampa Bay's very unique position, they're doing the absolute best they possibly can with the cards they're being dealt. Um, you know, I'm not a, a labor expert by any means, but... Um, I know there's some sort of revenue sharing or the whole luxury tax deal and that money's supposed to go, you know, filter down to the, I guess, uh, teams with less means. Um, you have to wonder whether there's a, a, a gap in the, <laughs> just a gap in production there. Or you know what I'm trying to say, but you have to wonder whether there's other ways to do this so you can avoid issues like this. Um, you know, and I'm not, it's not like I have an answer to that, but I think under the the conditions that Tampa Bay's kind of in, and it's not like, oh, you know, we can go out and spend money, we just choose not to. These aren't the Mets from the past 10 years, where they're in a big market and they can spend money, they just choose not to. Um, Tampa Bay can go out there and, you know, they can keep on churning out these just such spe- specified and good baseball players to just to fit their needs. And they'll go out and they'll pick up a Manny Margot and they'll, they'll get the most out of him and they'll go out and they'll, you know, they took a chance on Renfro and I'm kind of droning on here, but 
it, it's I look at Tampa Bay and what they do, and I say, hey, that's impressive, especially considering the return they got for Snell. I think any team, I don't care if you're the Yankees, I don't care if you're the Red Sox, I don't care if you're the Dodgers, for the return they got, um, I think you have to consider trading Snell. But I, I get it. Big picture-wise, yeah, this is um, it's concerning, but I think Tampa Bay is kind of a – they're an outlier. They, they don't really, you know, they're not the Pittsburghs who are just breaking things down. Um, you know, this is the this is the life they've chosen. Um, and I just don't right. see and, how. And oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, just it's, you, what you were kind of bringing up is, is that they're also just they're unique because they're uh, claiming that they're completely cash strapped. But they're also just elite at developing baseball players and and making shrewd acquisitions um you know i'm looking at their projected uh 26-man roster for the upcoming season and i think 15 of the 26 are acquired via trade um you know they've just been able to uh acquire these guys you know the austin meadows the randy rosarenas the uh you know whoever willie adamas um g-man Choi. you know they, they've been able to to uh get some some pretty solid players out of these trades that they made um but yeah it, it's just it's a weird situation they're not um they're not uh cash strapped and bad at developing talent they're really good at developing talent um so i think they'll they'll be able to come out of it um but i you know because of that i wouldn't try to uh, use their situation to kind of explain uh as a whole, what's wrong with baseball? Um, you know, certainly not good for the game, like we both uh, were saying. Uh, yeah. But they seem to be a very unique case. Yeah, and it's almost like um, adapt or die. Shout out to Marcus Stroman. He he retweeted a memorized <laughs> article, and that was the the phrase that he used. And it's also a Moneyball quote, and it's just a, it's a good one. Anyway, um, no, and and you know, there, there's a lot to be said for what. Tampa Bay's done and you know and even shifting back to San Diego um, they built up you know this outstanding farm system and everyone's kind of been waiting this is going on like three off seasons like oh when are they going to start just flipping over these prospects and they kind of have in dribs and drabs and um, boy you know they sent Xavier Edwards uh, to Tampa I think that was kind of the the start of, of things but um, you know, now they're, sh- they're shipping off Campusano. Reportedly, he's going to be involved in the Darvish deal. And, you know, A.J. Preller, um, he's just he's doing all the right things. And, you know, I don't have to tell you guys, I'm, I am I have an affinity for the Padres. I have for a long time. Um, but really, just a tip of the cap to doing it the right way. Uh, you know, I've seen people say, oh, why aren't the Mets trying to trade for Darvish? Because the Mets really don't have the trade capital to do that unless they're parting with some of their very, very high end, very, very low level talent, uh, low, low levels as in minors levels. Uh, and, I, you know, I get that. And that's where Sandy came in and said, hey, we're not really trying to go out and, and you know, trade away all these good young draft picks um, we just brought into the organization. I get that. But uh you know, it's certainly what the Padres are doing now certainly speaks well to holding and and using those prospects in a uh, in a in a positive way. You know, if there's not going to be a place for him on the major league roster, uh, you know, this is the type of push that you that you kind of make. 
Um, right, and you oh, go ahead, I'm sorry, yeah. You build the Fernando Tatis, Trent Grisham, Tommy Fan, you know, many Machado base, and then you you trade the prospects for the guy like Blake Snell. Um, you know, you don't you don't trade um, you know Matt Allen, Brett Beatty, and Francisco Alvarez for whoever um, before you uh, you know have the have the winning the winning core in place. And obviously the Padres made the playoffs last year. Um, the Mets did not. Um, but you know, the, the, the situations right now are, are just not really comparable. Um, you know, just with the, the Mets, if the Mets were, were to trade, um, the guys I just mentioned, um, you know, they, they'd be making a, a shallow farm system. Um, you know, absolutely, Baron, uh, just to keep adding to that core instead of using, you know, a surplus to put your major league team over the top. Um, so, you know, good on, good on the Padres. We'll see. We'll see if it plays out. Um, and, you know, good on good on the Rays for being able to, being able to get some very talented players back. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see if the Mets uh, <laughs> under, under Sandy and. And Jared Porter, you know, Jared Porter has been in in other organizations. He might have a different philosophy than than Sandy, or or maybe they have a similar philosophy, and that's what what brought them together. Um, But, you know, we'll we'll see how that plays out. Well, I think San Diego adding, um, you know, if the Darvish deal goes through, uh, you know, even without, uh, what's his name, Clevenger, in the in the rotation next year, Lamette too. Um, you know, adding Darvish and Snell to that rotation. That I don't know if it changes the National League West hierarchy, but it certainly um, I guess makes that top competitive bunch a little a little more crowded. Because um, that's a you know that's a that's a very good lineup. We saw San Diego's offense really do some damage last year, and now that they've got some starting pitching. Um, you know, look out. That's a, just another team to kind of watch out for. You know, I don't want to come out and be like, oh, well, how do the Mets, are the Mets going to go sign Trevor Bauer? Because I think we've all heard just about enough of that. If it happens, it happens. Uh, it would certainly make the make the Mets a better team. Um, you know, it's, there are fans who have issues with Bauer, and, you know, you have to respect that. But at the end of the day, this is a baseball team. The goal is to win baseball games and win a, win a championship and, you know, even me, who personally, I'm not crazy about Trevor Bauer, but yeah, you know what? He gives the Mets a better, better chance to win the World Series. So uh, if this organization feels it's a smart move to bring him in, great. Do you feel it's necessary to go top shelf and uh, and bring a, a Trevor Bauer in or go explore, uh, you know, a very high end trade? Um, do you think it's a necessity or are we still in the in the school of thought that, um, you know, middle of the rotation depth, uh, could get us by. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a good question. And I think, um, perhaps there's a, a strong possibility that over the life of the contracts that these pitchers are going to get Trevor Bauer's performance is not that much different than, uh, you know, a Jake Odorizzi or, um, you know, Masahiro Tanaka even, um, you know, I, I take Bauer over Tanaka, but, um, just in terms of track record, um, you know, you're not, 
uh, <laughs> you're not really looking at a guy who's been just dominant for, for years on end. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely go for the uh, solid quality over, um, you know, uh, solid quantity, excuse me, rather than um, extreme quality. Um, and, and even so, uh, like I just said, Bauer to me does not, does not scream, you know, consistent, you know, one, one a to Degrom's one. Um, so I, uh, I, I don't think it's a necessity. I think arms are, are a necessity and, and not arms of the, you know, Rick Porcello, uh, Michael Walker quality. Um, there are definitely guys out there who, um, who could have definitely more upside. Um, which, by the way, uh, we were just talking about the Rays. Michael Walker is, is now <laughs> in that Tampa Bay rotation, and I'm uh, very interested to see what uh, what they do to him down there. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely uh, see them adding uh, a couple arms. I don't I don't know if Bauer's going to be the guy. I mean, I, he definitely has a lot of suitors, so um, don't, don't really think it's necessary to get into a bidding war for him, but um, they're, they're definitely definitely people who feel very strongly about him uh like you said on, on either side so um i'm sure fans there will be fans who will, will be super happy if they bring him in and there will be uh fans will be super happy if they don't bring him in yeah and i think there's yeah you know there's certainly solid points on both sides but again it's as fans it's out of our hands so you know let's just see how see what uh see what the future brings but yeah i'm i'm still um, very much on board with Odorizzi. Um, I'd love to see what's going on with Tanaka. I really would. <laughs> I think that would be a very nice back-end death piece. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I I know we've said it on the show before, but, you know, there's, it, there's no feeling quite like sitting back and saying, I'm totally fine with, with whatever the Mets front office is thinking right now. The whole, the whole, Trust, like the trust that I have in the Mets baseball operations department is um, at a peak. And I, I know I'm not the only one who feels like this. And it's just a, just a strange feeling. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think the pieces are falling into place. Um, I do think that there's still going to be some some moves on the horizon. I think that, uh, uh, you know, where they might make a trade or, you know, that's to be determined in anyone's guess. But, um I, the more I think about it, the more I feel like J.D. Davis, who I really like J.D. Davis. I, I don't want to say, oh, I think he's going to get traded, but I think he's the most likely candidate to be moved. But um, I'm sure his weaknesses are going to be just as glaring to potential trade suitors as they are to, you know, Mets fans or, or the front office who is trying to think, trying to figure out where they're going to put him this year. Um yeah, I, I don't even know where I was going with it, but uh, do you feel like there there's a roster shakeup coming, or do you feel like this is kind of just let's plug some holes and see how we do? Because uh, it's not a you know this isn't a a, a cake division, uh, at least on paper. Um, do you think that this this roster with a couple a little more tinkering is well suited to kind of you know challenge the Braves and then fend off the Nats and the Phillies? Um, without, you know, a major addition like Springer, probably not. Um, 
you know, they're, they're it's kind of a toss up after after Atlanta, um, especially with what we saw from the Marlins last season. Um, but yeah, you know, just in terms of a trade, um, I definitely would agree with you with with JD. Um, but I don't see him being, uh, you know, bringing back by himself, you know, a, a quality guy who's going to make the Mets better than they would be with JD. Um, so, you know, I, I think they have the start of a of a core um, in place, and, and trading from that, you know, like trading Dom Smith is is you know only going to make their their offense uh, worse than it than it would be with him, um, especially. In a part-time role, um, I just keep coming back to the, the designated hitter and how, how huge that would be if, if they have that in place <laughs> upcoming uh, for 2021. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if they're not going to trade prospects and uh, don't really see them trading anyone from their current Major League starting lineup, um, you know, probably the most likely candidates would be J.D. or, or Ahmed Rosario, and, and neither of those guys are definitely trending up in terms of their stock. So um, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty confident that most of the additions are, are going to be external um, or, you know, through the, the free agent market, not, not um, spending uh, assets on the trade market. See, I would, um, I, this is where those, those high end low level prospects, the, the, the JT Gins and the Isaiah greens of the world. And, you know, as, as nice as it is for the Mets to have these, this level or these levels of players in their system, because by all accounts, I mean, these guys are studs. They're blue chips. And, you know, this is exactly what this farm system kind of needs right now. But, you know, if the right deal is out there and it's going to be a JD and let's say a JT Ginn, um, you know, for the right deal, are you making that move or are you kind of, are you really invested in building the farm system. And this is a, this isn't, if you were in charge, I guess I should say this is a, if you were in charge type question, are you valuing what you have in your farm system right now? Or for the right deal, if someone says, you know, we'll give you, uh, it's going to take more, but to headline the deal for Nolan Arenado, JD Davis and JT Ginn, are, are you making that move? Oh, I, I'm making that move. I, I, you know, I think, like you just said, it's going to take a lot more. Um, well, here's the thing. And Arenado is a, a super weird case because he has star star name value, um, but just his contract combined with his recent performance is uh, perhaps not going to take as much as as you might otherwise expect. Um, you know, I'd say there are, there are five guys right now that I'd, I'd prefer not to move. Uh, from the system, that would be you know Mauricio Alvarez, Matt Allen, Brett Beatty, and, and Pete Crow Armstrong. And after that, um, you know I, I would I would certainly be willing to uh, throw in a guy like JT Ginn or, or Isaiah Green. But uh, where are those guys in relation to what another team could offer from that level of prospect? I'm not exactly sure, and I, I don't know um, if those guys would bring in or bring back a player that would be worth even parting with the pieces. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting question. And um, I, I'm, I'm still kind of on the fence about whether, uh, you know, for either Chris Bryan or, or Arenado, if I would um, kind of go, go all in there. Uh, but those, 
those five guys that I mentioned, I think I, I would definitely stay away from. After that, I could probably be probably be uh, be swayed. Um, but yeah, it, like, like I said earlier, it's it's not it's not a strong system, so um, I don't really see them continuing to uh, to deplete it. Yeah, like like if a Lindor trade materializes, um, Lindor is a little different. Right. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, like, all of these situations have so many little intricacies to them. <laughs> like, oh, well, Lindor's only got a year of con- uh, a year of control. So, you know, Mets are going to overpay for one year of control. Um, and going back to Arenado, Arenado can opt out after the year. And, you know, you're not going to, you know, overpay for that. So, you know, every situation is just going to be so different. And you, you have to imagine, you know, Porter and Zach Scott and Sandy, you know, they have to be kind of weighing all of their options and uh, without the constraints of the past. I mean, that kind of canvas of options has to be a pretty big one. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, hopefully some discussions will, will pick up soon and um, kind of interested to see where they go to fill out the roster, you know, after, you know, and, I think we can all kind of assume that they have Springer <laughs> in the bag and it's just, just about getting the terms right. But, um, you know, where are they going to go to, to fortify the team? Um, this is, uh, going to be, going to be super interesting to, to keep tabs on. And, you know, we're, we're almost there. It's almost January and, uh, you know, things start to, to pick up as we get closer to spring training. So, um, we'll definitely be, uh, excited for whatever is going to come out soon. Oh yeah. No, and, and I'm with you on Springer. I think that's a, a foregone conclusion. That's actually the exact phrase that was muttered to me privately by a, a prominent journalist. Um, foregone conclusion. So fingers crossed that that's, that's a good sign. Um, yeah, uh, there's going to be a lot moving before, before spring training opens. And I guess spring training itself is when that's going to open is still up in the air. But I have a feeling everything is going to start on time. If they... Major League Baseball didn't have a problem throwing their players into a full-blown pandemic last year. Um, you would hope that they're going to have some sort of, you know, stricter protocols in place. Uh, they had they have just about a year to prepare. Uh, you know, it's a it's a ever-changing situation, but uh, I do think that April first will still be opening day or somewhere very close to it. Um, there, there's that Tim Ryder optimism. I, it's there, lost. bro. Like, <laughs> you know, and I, I, player safety has to be number one here. It has to be. But for Major League Baseball not to have a viable plan in place after a full offseason and, you know, a trial run, if you want to call it that, last year, where, and <laughs> just a small tangent, I promise. I saw MLB getting some, like, uh, applause, some general. Some general media applause for um, for handling COVID right. Like, you know, they finished the season, literally the last game of the season. Yet they pulled a player off the field with COVID and he was back on the field celebrating like a half an hour later. So, you know, nobody's perfect. And MLB certainly didn't do a, you know, a knockout bang up job on on uh, on getting through the season. They had their bumps and that's to be expected. But um, I would just hope that they're coming into 2021 with uh, protocols in place. Um, you know, we heard NHL is going out and, uh, and getting, um, well, they were attempting to get vaccines privately and 
you have to wonder if MLB is going to go the same route. But, uh, yeah, that's a whole other ethical conversation that we won't get into. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, lots, lots going to happen. That was my uh, my main gist here. A lot's going to happen between now and spring training and opening day and uh, all good things, we hope. <laughs> Absolutely. What do you got cooking on your end, man? You're all done with school for the year? Yep, school, school's wrapped up uh, right, right in the heart of winter break right now and just kind of, uh, you know, taking it easy and recovering from uh, a very, very grueling virtual uh, semester. So, um, yeah, you know, but gives me gives me more time to, you know, get some get some thoughts brewing about uh, the upcoming season and, uh, you know, talk to talk to you and, and Mike and, and everyone about uh, what's going on. So, you know, it's uh, I, I'm cautiously uh, excited about about what's what's going on and, and moving forward. So should be uh, should be a good time. It's 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 new territory to be this um Everyone's as optimistic as me, and it's very, very it's freaking me out. <laughs> it's got me skittish, but yeah, uh, yeah. We'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, people are already freaking out. And that's why you got to think that Steve Cohen's gonna. All right, guys, let's let's uh, let's get to let's get to work here. We're getting outshined. I think he likes to he likes that spotlight. So uh, let's hope the wheels are in motion on something to uh, to strike back at the rest of MLB for taking away Uncle Stevie's limelight. <laughs> for sure alright guys um, we'll be back with another show I uh, wouldn't be surprised if it's more like an emergency pod once we have uh, some breaking news otherwise um, yeah keep an eye out we'll be around and if we're not check out the guys over at Pleasant Good Evening Podcast the guys are doing a, a great job over there and uh, yeah definitely check that out and uh, yeah we'll see you next time let's go Mets 